Good to see you all this morning. I got a word for you from the book of James, chapter 1. If we can turn to the book of James, chapter 1. Actually, no, forget that. Don't turn there. You know, you know I don't like it when you turn there. James, chapter 1, verse 12. I'm going to read it to you. Just write it down and read it later. I'm reading this from the NKJV, from the New King James Version. James, chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved... He will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord promises to those who love him. Father, I pray today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would give us wisdom and understanding as we approach the pages of your word by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would enlighten our minds and hearts that we would learn how to walk uprightly before you. I ask it in the name of your son. Amen. Amen. I was reminded this morning of a, of a series of events that transpired uh, about seven years ago. When we were moving into a facility, 4550 San Pablo Avenue, right across the street where we occupied that facility for seven years. And when we were trying to move into that facility, it was the first time we had to do a construction project for the church. Uh, first thing was, uh, how many know that oftentimes when God gives direction, it's actually the worst possible time? Like, God does not direct you to do anything in a time that seems right in the natural. Because... Uh, you don't need divine direction to do something that's the right time to do it, right? It's like, I mean, if you go outside and you're looking for tomatoes and the tomatoes are ripe, you don't need a prophetic word to pick them, right? It's like, it's ripe, it's time. But oftentimes, the word of the Lord will come and give you direction to do something that doesn't make a lick of sense. It's not the right time. It's not the right season. Uh, but God opened the door. I remember when we first started Living Hope in 2004, we were meeting at a hotel and we we called realtor after realtor after realtor. We looked at space after space after space, and none of the owners of any of the buildings in the city of Emeryville wanted to lease to us. Uh, and, and they were excited until they found out we were a church, and then the, the, the conversation would stop right there, and they would say, clearly, we don't want a church in here. Well, in 2004, we actually looked at 4550 San Pablo Avenue, and the owner immediately said, we don't want a church in here. Yeah. In 2007, the recession hit. All these companies started going out of business, especially a bunch of small businesses. And what happened at that building was every, just about every company there went out of business. And now the owner's left with this almost empty building, and he's going to try to find out how to rent space out. And so we showed up back over there, and he said, you know what? I would love to have a church in here. <laughs> the Lord sent a recession just for us. <laughs> now, we rented about a 6,874-square-foot uh, piece, uh, piece of space there, and um, now we had to refurbish it. It was just a shell, and especially the space that we were going to put the sanctuary in was just a shell. So uh, we talked to the contractor. It was going to cost between forty-five dollars and $50,000 to refurbish the space, and so we wouldn't talk to the elders. How much do we have? Well, we got about like five dollars or $6,000. It's the recession. Like Half our people lost their jobs, and the ones who had any sense moved out of the state. Uh, so you know, we lost more than, we lost more than half of our, our, uh, our tithe within the first half of 2007. Yeah. Uh, so this was not the best time to be raising $70,000 to do a build-out on a space. 
and I remember all of the hoops that we had to jump through. I mean, we signed the lease, so we committed ourselves to this thing. And the first thing we had to do was get the conditional use permit. And, and the city had all these requirements. And I remember one of the requirements was I had to show them 73 parking spaces outside of that facility. And I had to show them a written document plus an architectural drawing of the parking lot with the highlighted spaces and a signature from the owner saying, this church has the my permission to park in these spaces on Sunday mornings from this time to this time. And, and we could not even apply, we could not even submit our application for, for the zoning with the city until I had that. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget, I beat the streets in this neighborhood. I knocked on every door. I asked every business, every company. They all said, no, 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 no. And it was coming to the wire. I kept going back to the city saying, isn't there any way around it? And she said, no, if you don't have it by this date, your application will not go through. And so I'm freaking out thinking, if our application doesn't go through, we're still paying rent on a space we can't even occupy. Yeah. And so it came to, there was, it was a particular Monday, and this was the day. I need it today. Yeah. And I still didn't have it. Yeah. And so I, Monday's my day off, but I went to the office at about 10 a.m. I go to the office, and I laid on my face for an hour, and all I could say was, Lord, where is it? Lord, where, where's it at? Where's it at? <laughs> Don't tell me it ain't there, Lord. Where is it? Don't, don't play with me, Lord. Don't be playing. Don't be playing. Don't be playing with my emotions. And for an hour, I just said, Lord, where is it? And all of a sudden, at the end of that hour, I got this idea. Get on Google Maps. Google Earth, I mean. That was just a thought that hit my head. Google Earth. So I get on Google Earth, and I'm looking down at the property. And across the street, up the street, I saw this huge parking lot. I'm like, how did I not see this parking lot? So I print that. It had to be 700 feet or less from the front door of our space. So I print that, that map, and I, I walk out of the building, and I'm counting my steps. I'm taking shallow steps. One, two, three, four, five, six. And when I get over there, it was about 400 feet away. Wow. So I'm like, okay, this is totally within reach. But it was now the CVS right there, which before was, um, I don't remember what it was before, Walgreens or something like that, right? But my heart sank because I'm like, there's no way within three hours I'm going to have a signed document and an architectural drawing from Walgreens that we could use their space. But I thought, oh, well, the Lord brought me here. I might as well go in and ask. Yeah, yeah. So I walk in the front door, and I said, excuse me, I need to speak to your manager. The manager comes out. He says, what do you need? I said, I'm the pastor of a church that meets across the street. I need you to write me a letter and print me an architectural drawing of your parking lot saying that I can park my cars here on Sunday mornings from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And he goes, I don't have a problem with that. I'm like, you don't? He goes, no, nah, not at all. And he, he goes, but I got to ask my regional manager. That's something my regional manager has to approve. And I'm thinking, oh, well, it was a good try. He goes, come into my office. Let's call the regional manager. He gets on the phone. He goes, she wants to speak to you. I said, hello? She said, pastor, how can I help you? Wow. She was a believer. <laughs> I said, I need a letter from you saying that I can use 73 spaces in your parking lot from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. every Sunday, and I need an architectural drawing of your parking lot with those 73 spaces highlighted. She goes, when do you need it by? I said, I need it before 3 p.m. today. She goes, no problem. Give me your email address. I gave her my email address. I went back to the office within an hour. I had it in my inbox. I printed it and went straight to City Hall. And the lady who was, who was dealing with our, our project, she, as soon as I walked in, she had this sad look on her face. She's like, I'm so sorry, Pastor. And I goes, bam, put it right down in front of her. And she goes, how did you get Walgreens to say yes to this? I was like, I asked them. That's why. That's how I did it. And I thought, man, that's awesome, right? But that's only the first trial. 
There was a whole string of trials. Now we got our application submitted. Now we have to actually appear before the city to get our conditional use permit approved. Then we have to hire an architect and get our architectural drawings approved by the city. And then we have to get building permits and hire a contractor. And then we have to get art, uh, occupancy permits. And, in, and, and we also have to raise another $65,000 to get this thing done. And it was trial after trial after trial. It was one of the most stressful times in my entire life. We ran out of money 20 times in the middle of this project. I would just call the contractor said, we ain't got no money, no more money, don't come back tomorrow because we can't pay you for whatever you're going to do. And then a week later, we get 5000 I said, we got 5000 what can we do for 5000 <laughs> And I remember it being the most harrowing, exhausting, overwhelming time. And I remember in the midst of it, I said, God, I can't wait to get this finished. Can we just get this done? Because I'm tired of living under all of this stress and all of this strain. I need to get this finished I just need to get this done. I can't handle this anymore. I'm a pastor. I'm not a building consultant. I'm not a contractor. I'm not, I'm not this. And the Lord spoke to me and said, if you can't handle a 6,000-square-foot project, how are you going to handle a 60,000-square-foot project? Benjamin, don't think that this is the last. If you really think this is the last construction project you're going to do, you're thinking way too small. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's right, huh? What, what happened to my vision? And I was reminded of that passage of scripture in the book of Jeremiah chapter 12 where Jeremiah has this complaining session with the Lord. Now, you've got to understand how hard it was to be the prophet Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah was tasked with prophesying judgment upon a nation that did not believe him. Imagine you're the only one in the entire nation saying, God's getting ready to kill all y'all. And they're like, no, he not. The whole nation, you're like, yes, he is. And so Jeremiah, he can't handle it anymore. He can't handle it. And you get to chapter 12, and Jeremiah, he has this talk with the Lord. He's like, righteous are you, O Lord, when I plead with you, yet let me talk about your judgments. You hear what he's saying? He's like, I know you're righteous, but I have no clue what the heck you're doing. And then he starts complaining about all these people who are coming against me, but yet you keep blessing their finances and their families are increased. It's like, there's no sign of your favor on my life, but yet you look at their lives and they're prospering and everything's doing good. Lord, this ain't right. And then God responds to Jeremiah in verse 5. If you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with horses? Do you hear what he says to Jeremiah? That's messed up. <laughs> you go to God and say, God, it's too much. I can't handle it. And God says, this is only the footmen. Wait till the horses come. <laughs> like if you think you're going through some tough stuff right now, you just wait. It's just the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Because you've been asking me to take you to new levels and you yeah. forgot that new levels bring new devils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been asking for greater blessing, but you forgot that greater blessing also brings greater opposition. It's like asking the Lord, will you allow me to bench press 300 pounds? And then he says, sure. And he starts you at 120, and the whole time you're bench pressing 120, you're begging him to take it off you. Didn't you ask me to let you bench press 300 pounds? Yeah, you yeah, got to yeah. go through the 120 and then the 150 and then the 180 and then the 220 and then the 250 and then the 275. And in the middle of that, you're probably going to have a setback. When you're at 220, you're going to go back to 180. Yeah. And then you got to recover from an injury and then go back up to 220. Like you've got to go through all of that if you want to get to the 300-pound mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The word of the Lord to you today is it's going to get worse. Oh, I know that's not what you want to hear. I didn't come to tickle your ears today. I didn't come to make you feel better. I came to give you hope. 
It's going to get worse, and that's a good thing. See, you've been crying out to the Lord for breakthrough, and he has breakthrough for you today, yeah. but it's not breakthrough in your situation. That's it's good. breakthrough in your endurance. See, what needs to break through is not your situation, but your ability to endure your situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. You need a, What God wants to break through today are the hindrances to your endurance. Yeah. The problem is your endurance is way too small. You don't think you can handle very much at all. Some of you are thinking you're dying and what you're going through is so small and so minuscule that you shouldn't even be talking about it. Come on, somebody. You know I'm telling you the truth. Amen. And so James says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. That word blessed has become a Christian cliche yeah. that we use so much that it doesn't mean anything anymore. You ask the average Christian, how you doing? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You need to look and say, no, you ain't doing nothing but lying. <laughs> you ain't blessed. Now, don't get me wrong. There is a degree to which we are always yes. already blessed. Yes. There is a foundation of blessing. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. If you're saved, you're blessed because yeah. you are going to heaven. Yeah. But the, there's a level of blessing that only comes after you are approved in a trial. Yes. Huh. Probably the better way to say it is, I am on the way to blessing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm on the way to blessing. John Wesley had this whole concept of perfectionism, and his concept was that in every trial and every situation in our lives, God is using our trial and our pain as a means of taking us on to perfection. So he had, I mean, you know, back in those days, there was no contraceptive, and he was married to a very fertile woman, <laughs> and they had 10 children. And he would go out on the evangelistic circuit and be gone for three months at a time. And when he would come home, she would literally beat him physically. Like, she'd be so mad, you left me home with these kids for three months, and she would just, just oh, she would beat the tar out of him, right, physically. And he would just take it. He'd just take it. You know, I deserve it. You're right. I deserve it. You're, you're right, baby. You're right. And one day, one, <laughs> just get it all out. And she was, a, she was a much bigger woman than he was, and she was very strong, right? So one, one day, one of his elders walked in his house while his wife was dragging him across the, the floor by his hair. And the elder walked in and said, I'm sorry, pastor, I'll come back. He said, no, 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 come on in, elder. I'm just going on to perfection. <laughs> that mindset, he's like, whatever I go through, the Lord is perfecting me. Whatever I'm suffering, I need to learn how to endure it. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, the Lord is perfecting me. Blessedness, makarios, the Greek word, blessed is the man. Makarios is the man. Makarios is the highest state of human happiness. That's the definition of blessing, makarios. The highest state of human happiness. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. The man who has successfully endured temptation occupies the state of highest human happiness. Wow. The highest state of human happiness comes through enduring temptation. Now, even nature teaches us that, doesn't it? Right? I was, I was talking about this podcast earlier that I was listening to, and it was talking about the four ways to increase serotonin in your body. Serotonin is that, um, that, um, that cell receptor or that brain um, neurotransmitter. That's the word I've been looking for. Thank you. 
thank you. Bo bo I give both of y'all credit for that, okay? I don't want to break up your marriage. <laughs> Serotonin is the neurotransmitter that gives you that sense of calm and well-being. Serotonin happens, uh, for instance, serotonin is, is when you've had a very loving encounter with somebody that you love deeply, and then that, sen that sense of, of just overwhelming peace and well-being just settles in on you. That's, that's a serotonin release. So the more serotonin releases you have, the happier you are. Yeah. And even, even science teaches that the highest levels of serotonin release come after you have endured a difficult trial. That is, when you've gone through something and you've come to the other side of it, there's a serotonin release. And the bigger the, the, bigger the obstacle you've overcome, the bigger the release of serotonin is on the other side. And that's why, yeah. see, that's why I've, I've never been able to understand, like, adventurers, like people who climb mountains, knowing, like, like 10 of y'all are climbing a mountain, two of y'all are going to die. Like, I mean, it's like, you know somebody's going to die on this mountain. Like, you, you always hear stories about people dying trying to climb Mount Everest. Like, is it really worth it? I was listening to this podcast episode... <laughs> And they were talking about, it was about happiness, and they, they started with this tape. Basically, there was this guy who was trying to climb, I believe it was Mount Everest, and it was freezing temperatures. Yeah. And what he did along the way as he was hiking up is he would dig holes and he would bury food, like, uh, like candy bars and, and stuff like that, in the snow, so that when he's coming back down, knowing he was going to run out of food on the way up, and then he'd put a marker there. And as he's coming back down, he would have no food, but he'd come upon one of his stashes, and he would dig it up, and he'd have food to eat. And one time there was such a blizzard that it covered all of his markers. And he's thinking, like, I'm going to freeze to death, I'm going to die, but he's trying to hike down the mountain. They said just as many people die on the way down the mountain as they die on the way up the mountain. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's audio recording this, and all of a sudden, when he's at the lowest place where he's thinking he's lost everything and he can't find any of his markers, suddenly he stumbles upon a place and he's thinking, wait a minute, this looks kind of familiar. And he starts to dig, and he starts to dig, and he finds one of his markers. And then he digs down further, and he finds two Snickers bars buried in the ground. And he starts to scream, and it's like the highest level of happiness. He's like, yeah! Ah! Woo! It's like he just won an NBA championship. He was so happy. Why? Because he found a Snickers bar. You've never been so happy over a Snickers bar. You know why you get that happy over a Snickers bar? Because of what you had to overcome to get that Snickers yeah, bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see, some of you are in a deep place right now. You're in a, a trial right now. And you don't realize that on the other side of this trial is going to come such a surge and a release of joy. Yeah. There's going to be such a serotonin release of the Holy Spirit yeah. that you're going to jump and shout over Snickers bars. Yeah. Your wife look at you and smile and say, I love you. And you're like, "Woo!" It's like, why are you so excited about that? Because you don't know what we had to go through to get that I love yeah, you from her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you don't know what that means. That might be nothing for y'all. But after what we went through, if she says, I love you, I'm ready to do backflips and jump up and down. Yeah. Oh, you know I'm telling the truth. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blessed is the man who endures temptation, and that word endures, the way it's set up in the Greek, it implies a choice. Huh. It's not talking about enduring a temptation that you couldn't get out of anyway. Yeah. Like, you, you, you ain't got no choice. Like when you put your daughter in the corner and say, you just sit right there, you on punishment, you on timeout. <laughs> and if she endures that, she gets a prize. No, she don't. She didn't have no choice but to endure that. I sat her there and said, don't you move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Blessed is the man who chooses to endure temptation, who makes the decision, I'm going to embrace this, tri this trial. I'm going to choose this resistance. Now, when you go to the gym, that's what you do, right? You choose resistance. Yeah. When you go to the gym, you go to the gym for the very purpose yeah. of choosing resistance. Yeah. When you're doing curls, you choose resistance. And you know what you do? This is not enough resistance. You add more weight to it. Yeah. I want a good workout. I'm choosing resistance. Yeah. Why are you choosing resistance? Because I know I'm going to grow on the other side of this. Yeah. So I'm yeah, choosing yeah. resistance. Blessed is the man who chooses resistance. That's good. Who chooses to endure the resistance that comes in the midst of a trial, yeah. which means blessed is the man who refuses to take an inordinate path of escape in the midst of a trial. Follow me. You want to experience that highest state of human happiness, you got to make a decision in the midst of every trial. I am not looking for a fabricated escape from this trial. You know what I'm talking about? I know I'm stressed when I wake up in the morning and the first thing I reach for is my phone. And when I grab my phone, let's see what's, what somebody said on Facebook. <laughs> like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> and then you open up Facebook, nothing. I guess nobody was doing anything significant in the middle of the night. <laughs> or let's see if I got any important emails. No, just a bunch of junk mail. Surprise. Nobody had anything important to say in the middle of the night. Okay, now let's open up Instagram. Let's see if there's any pictures I want to look at. No, just foolishness there too. All right, I guess I will just have to go for some Candy Crush. Why do I grab my phone first in the morning? Why do I feel that temptation? to just turn to my phone as quickly as possible in the morning. This is a dopamine machine. Huh. Yeah. I need a quick dopamine release because I wake up in the morning and I'm feeling the pressure and I'm trying to escape the pressure. And so instead of enduring the pressure, I'm looking for a way of escaping the pressure. Yeah, if I wake up in the morning good. and the first thing I feel is not to turn to my knees and turn to the Lord, but to turn to my phone and to turn to Facebook and turn to Instagram and to turn to my email. No, 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 no. I'm looking for an escape. I need to endure instead of escaping. If you escape the temptation, you are escaping the blessing on the other side good, of the temptation as well. And when you escape the temptation, you are also prolonging the temptation. Yeah, that's good. It's like going to the gym and not doing any real workout. Just walking around the gym. <laughs> Man, I was at the gym for like two hours last night. <laughs> Whew. What are you doing? I'm getting ready. Mm. What are they saying on Facebook? I'm just at the gym. Not doing nothing at the gym. You know what I'm doing? I'm prolonging the process yeah. of achieving physical fitness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By seeking to escape the resistance that comes from the trial. Yeah. The first means of increasing serotonin release in your body 
is by contributing. We said that. You got to give something. The second means of increasing serotonin in your body is by coping. What does it mean to cope? It means that when you're, now I'm not saying it's wrong to look at Facebook. I'm not saying it's wrong to look at Instagram. I'm not saying it's wrong to check your emails. I'm not saying it's wrong to watch Netflix. I'm not saying it's wrong to play Candy Crush. None of it is wrong. It's not even about sin. It's simply making a decision that my primary response in the day to the resistance and the stress that I'm experiencing is to cope with it instead of to seek to cover it. I'm going to sit in the pain instead of trying to escape the pain. It's not wrong to watch Netflix, but how many episodes did you just watch? I mean, even that is not necessarily a sin unless what you're watching is a sin, but that's another sermon. That's not even what we're talking about today. But why did you need to watch 27 episodes back to back to back to back? Why do you have several tabs open and you got Netflix on one, Amazon Prime Video on another, YouTube on a third, Hulu on a fourth, and I'm not even going to say what you got on the fifth, www.whattheheckamidoinghere.com on the fifth. Come on, somebody. The question is, what am I trying to escape? Turn off the phone. Turn off the computer and spend some time sitting with the pain every day. Don't try to escape it. Endure it. Understanding that on the other side of it is the reward. This is why coping, this concept of coping, a whole genre of biblical literature came out of the experience of coping. It's called the Psalms. Mm, You know where the Psalms came from? Some dude sitting in a field. Running for his life, fighting lions, tigers, and bears. The king throwing spears at him. Running for his life in the desert, separated from his home, can't sleep in his bed, sleeping in caves and stuff, out there with no, no water and no food. And, yeah. and, and he's just sitting out there going, oh, God, the whole time. I mean, for all of this time, he's just out in the desert going, God, why? Why have you forsaken me? What's going on? And we got the Psalms. Like all of this depth of intimacy with God flowed out of the experience of just coping of just enduring, of not looking for an alternative release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not covering the pain, but simply enduring the pain. Contributing, cooking, the third is connecting. Hmm. Oftentimes, we seek these external paths of release that become replacements for intimacy. Instead of connecting intimately with the people we love, we just veg out on Netflix. Mm. Connecting. How about spending your time contributing, coping, connecting, and then the the fourth one, which I love, is cooking. (laughs) I told my wife that. She's like, that's why you've been cooking so much lately. I'm like, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, but now I do. I made some habanero salsa that will make you want to slap your mama. Roasted the tomatoes and the habanero chilies and mm, white onion and some garlic up in there, a little salt. The bomb. These are productive ways of dealing with stress in your life. Understanding that if I endure this trial, there's a crown of life on the other side of it. This is Hebrews chapter 12, right? 
it says, um, therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us and let us run with endurance yeah. the race that is set before yeah. us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, the serotonin release that was set before yeah. him, endured the cross despising its shame yeah, that as he yeah, said yeah. I can face the cross because I know that as much pain and suffering I'm going to experience in facing the cross on the other side of it there's a greater release of joy in the presence of my father yeah, that I got yeah, waiting yeah, for yeah, me yeah, yeah, yeah. amen, That's good. amen. amen. Good. blessed Makarios is the man who endures temptation or trial and I was looking at it in the Greek. It, it actually has two results. It says that approved he shall be becoming, and the crown of life he shall be obtaining. Blessed is the man who endures under temptation that approved he shall be becoming. Approved or tried or qualified he shall be becoming. The purpose of the trial is that you will be approved. The reason God puts you through the test is because he believes that you can pass the test. Yeah. Because any good teacher spends time preparing the students before the test yeah. so that when they give the test, yeah. the purpose of the test is to demonstrate that I have prepared you for That's it. Good. What we don't realize we're in, when we're in grade school is that the test is just as much a test for the teacher as it is for the students. Huh. The test is a way for the teacher to see how well did I do in preparing these students. Yeah. If everybody in the class gets an F, that's not just an F for the students. That's an F for the teacher. Yeah, 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 yeah. The teacher has to take stock. When the teacher goes into the staff meeting, am I right? <laughs> Doc, my, my cousin over there, she, she, you know, she, uh, so, you, you know, the teacher, <laughs> the teacher has to give an account yeah. for the performance of yeah, the students. Right, yeah. God does not put you through a test that he hasn't prepared you for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know when you're in a test because God is silent. Yeah. <laughs> and the teacher is always silent when the, two, the students are taking a test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in your algebra test, you ask them, to, excuse me, can you remind me what the quadratic equation is? No. <laughs> you're in a test. You wonder why God's silent, and you're, some of you are going through a test right now, and you're thinking, God's not talking to me. Of course he's not talking to me. You're thinking, is it because I sinned? Is it because he's displeased with me? Is it because I failed? No. When God is silent, it doesn't mean you failed. It means you're about to be approved. Amen. Every time you're walking through a trial, you need to see it that way. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. need to look at your trial and say, I'm about to be approved. Yeah. Like God is trying to promote me. God yeah. puts you through a test because he yeah. wants to promote you. He's already got the next grade laid out for you, and he yeah. wants to promote you, but he can't promote you till he's approved you, and he can't approve you till he's tried you. Yeah. Qualified he shall be becoming. This is why... Enduring temptation or enduring a trial brings you to the highest state of human happiness. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. on the other side of that trial is qualification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are now qualified or you are now approved. Wow. God literally puts his stamp of approval on you and says, you're now approved for the next level. Why? Because you endured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the crown of life 
he shall be obtaining. Qualified, he shall be becoming, which is internal. The crown of life, he shall be obtaining, which is external. There's an internal approval that comes from God and an external reward that comes from God on the other side of the trial that you are enduring. There's an internal approval and an external reward that's on the other side of the trial that you are enduring. God wants to approve you, and he wants to reward you. This morning, my daughter got in trouble, and my wife warned me before she exacted the punishment upon my daughter. She said, Benjamin, just to let you know, I told her, if you waste this glue one more time, I'm taking away your slime. And she, she had to rhyme that. She said, you waste this glue one more time, I'm going to take away your slime. <laughs> and so she came downstairs and she saw the glue and it was all wasted on the, it was all laid out and wasted. She goes, I told her, Alethea, come here, please. Alethea came downstairs and my wife goes, you see this glue on the table? You remember what I told you? And she, no slime for one week. And the waterworks began. No slime for one week. Even the discipline that comes from failing to live up to the test is a preparation for the next time. It's not about punishment. It's about how can I prepare you to understand the seriousness of enduring this trial? I'm going to take away your slime for one week. You see, some of you are in a place right now where God has taken away your slime. And the hardest thing for a child is to, whenever the, the slime gets taken away, the child, what the child thinks is, mommy doesn't love me. Mommy doesn't care about me. But mommy has to take it away anyway because mommy understands in her mind, this is not about me not loving you. This is not about me wanting to take things away from you. This is about me wanting to give you more. But how can I give you more when you can't even steward the less? footmen have worn you out, what are you going to do when the horses come? If you can't steward that little bit of nothing that you got in your life right now, how can you handle greater blessing? If you can't, I hear people say, I'm going to start tithing as soon as I get a financial breakthrough. If you can't tithe on $100, how are you going to tithe on a million? (laughs) That is so true. Oh, I know it's right. And you wonder why God don't bless you. Yep. You ain't going to do it. You ain't doing nothing but lying. <laughs> yeah. I just, the, the word for you is simple. Yeah. God, is, it, God is approving you. Yeah. God is increasing you. He is rewarding you, but he is doing it through the very thing that you resist. And endurance, when, when you receive a breakthrough in your endurance, what it does is it puts you in a place in which you can endure the trial indefinitely. You see, you know you're ready to move on to the next level when you're lifting the weight that used to be tough for you, and now all of a sudden you're like, I could do this all day. It's no problem. The goal was not to get out from under the weight. The goal was to get to the place where the weight becomes so easy that now it's time to increase the weight. And this is the whole goal. This is God's goal. This is the goal of the Holy Spirit is to bring you through to a place in the Spirit in which you're, there's a breakthrough in your endurance, and all of a sudden you can look at whatever it is you're going through right now and say, this is nothing. This is nothing. Yeah. I heard that from the Lord. Somebody, a couple, about a month or so ago, somebody wrote this nasty review of Living Hope Christian Center on Facebook. 
He's like, this church is full of S-H-I-T. And, and, and you know, and said, the church is a church where you got to be hip and cool or else you can't fit in. Uh, is everybody here, you feel hip and cool and you feel like you just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, you got to be a young hipster or else you can't fit in here. I was like, really? Then I don't fit in. Because my wife's always telling me I'm dressed like a nerd. <laughs> I was, I, was meeting with, I was meeting with a younger person a couple of weeks ago, and she's like, well, you're from the older generation. I'd like to hear your perspective. I'm like, the older generation? What you talking about? <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Man, I don't fit into my own church then. <laughs> I got to go find someplace else. <laughs> but he wrote this whole nasty review, and, you know, you know, when you read something like that where somebody says something publicly that's nasty about you, you know, I, you know inside I'm like, what? Like, what? I don't want to say, what? Who? who? The sad thing was this person had never even come to our church. (laughs) But they were going through some stuff, and they were hurting, and and he actually reached out to us later and apologized. Of course, we accepted his apology. He explained to us what he was going through. So I'm not saying this is slander, but I'm saying my experience of of reading that, like inside, you know, I'm all, but I'm like, no, don't, don't respond. Like, you know, understand this person's probably hurting. They're going through some stuff. Don't respond. But inside, I'm like, you know, inside, I'm responding. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Like, you responded inside, and you're smiling outside. But inside, you're like, you little, you know, you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? And all of a sudden, I heard the Holy Spirit say, this is nothing. This is nothing. Wait till I bless you. Wait till I, I mean, if you can't handle one little word on Facebook that one person has to say, the, uh, the bigger you are, the bigger target you become. He was like, Benjamin, you're going to get to the point where there's going to be thousands of those. If you can't handle one, how are you going to handle thousands? You're going to get to the point where people are going to Google your name, and it's going to be Benjamin Robinson exposed. (laughs) Whole YouTube videos about how he's the Illuminati. (laughs) False teacher, Benjamin Robinson. (laughs) I found out a few years ago I made somebody's heretic list. And there was a group in the Bay Area, and I I was on their heretic list. I'm like, what? And then I saw what they said I teach. I'm like, they obviously haven't been to my church because I don't teach none of that. I don't know where they got that from. But somebody told them that I said something, and that's all people need in this day and age. But it's the same thing. If you can't run with the foot soldiers, how are you going to handle it when the horses come? And when you recognize that it's not about overcoming the foot soldiers, it's just about running with them. And it's not about overcoming the horses. It's just about running with them. you got to look at your trial and realize it's not about overcoming this trial. It's about running with the trial. It's not about overcoming this resistance. It's just about running with it. It's about an increase in endurance. Not See, what we're asking the Lord for is wisdom to overcome the trial. We're asking God for breakthrough to overcome the trial. And God's saying, no, 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 I want to give you strength within the trial. I want to increase your endurance within the trial. I want you to rise up and say, this is nothing. God's about to bless me so crazily that it's going to make this look like a speed bump. Amen. Last piece. The crown of life he shall be obtaining, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Which the Lord has promised to those who love him. This is the most powerful piece of the whole passage. He's going to receive the crown of life if he overcomes, if he endures. However, the Lord has promised this crown of life to those who love him. Do you see what? I I want you to see there's the attention here. 
a seeming contradiction. You only get the crown of life if you endure. And if you refuse to endure, you ain't getting the crown of life. If you keep avoiding your trial, there's no crown of life waiting for you at the end of it. However, the Lord has promised it to those who love him. When you put those two together, do you know what you get? If you love the Lord, he's promised you a crown of life. Which means he is going to give you the strength to endure your trial. He promises you the endurance to to go through your trial so that you can receive the crown of life, which he has promised to those who love him. Which means that the goal of this message is not to stimulate you to endure by your own strength and power. I don't want anybody walking out of this place going, I got to endure. Got to endure. 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 You go home and you get beat up and you go, endure. 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 You can last for about a week. Maybe two. And then you're just going to blow up on somebody. You're going to curse somebody out on the street because you've been enduring, enduring. No, the focus is on loving the Lord. Because if I simply make a decision to love the Lord with all of my heart, with all of my mind, with all of my soul, Then I enter into the realm of promise where he's promised me the crown of life. And if he's promised me the crown of life, he's got to give me the endurance in order to endure my trial. And if he's got to give me the endurance, then simply by loving him with all of my heart, mind, and soul, I'm receiving the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ to endure. The Lord is here today to bring you breakthrough. But maybe not the breakthrough you were hoping for. He's bringing you the breakthrough that you need to increase your endurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you love him, he is increasing your endurance. And because he's increasing your endurance, you're going to make it through this trial. And you're going to be approved. And you're going to receive that crown of life. Amen? Bow your heads. Let's pray. Somebody should be on an instrument already. I don't know what you're waiting for, but now is your moment. (laughs) Time to maximize your moment, as Bishop Jakes would say. Precious Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for each and every one of these sons and daughters of yours that are gathered in this place. I pray, Father, for a shift in our minds and in our hearts. Instead of asking you to remove us from the trial, we ask you today to strengthen us within the trial. Instead of asking you to take away the pain, we ask you to strengthen us within the pain. And Lord, you can do that by a shift in our hearts and minds, a shift in our mindset. The thing that looks so big to us right now is just the horsemen, just just the footmen. The horses are coming. And Lord, the the horses that we're running with today are actually tomorrow's footmen. (laughs) And the footmen that we're running with today are actually yesterday's horsemen. Yeah. Yeah, there's more pressure coming. But there's more endurance than pressure. Your ability to endure. And I know for some of you this is an overwhelming word because it's like, man, I was so hoping that God would just break through and just take me out of this struggle. I was so hoping that God would just set me free. I've been waiting for so long. I've been waiting for so long. How long? How long? And you know what? It's not not bad to be at that place where you're asking the Lord, how long? That's called coping. That's called enduring. Enduring is when you simply come before the Lord in all honesty and say, God, this is messed up. God, this doesn't feel right. God, I I, I don't know how much longer I can handle this. God, if you don't help me, 
I'm lost. God, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I need you to help me. I need you to be with me. Sometimes, sometimes just like groveling before the Lord, sometimes I've had to crawl around the floor in the middle of the night just praying in tongues just to make it through the night. Yeah. But you know what? When you wake up in the morning after you've wrestled with the Lord all night long, there's such a joy that comes from knowing there are a million things I could have turned to in the middle of that night, but I didn't turn to them. I just endured. Amen. Choosing resistance. That's what God is calling us to today. Yeah. Choosing resistance. Yeah. Choosing resistance is what you do when you go to the gym. You go to the gym to choose resistance every day. You need to choose resistance every day in your walk with the Lord. Yeah. Choose resistance. You know, there's resistance in your prayer life. Yeah. That's why you can only pray five minutes and then the resistance gets you and you have to stop. I'm not saying you got to start praying for an hour, but act, how about just doing that five minutes every day and in a week add a minute and make it six minutes. And I'm not talking about like just sitting there for five minutes and reading a scripture. I'm talking about like intensive prayer. Like just like you'd, you'd work out intensely. A lot of people pray the way they go to the gym and just walk around the gym and don't do any exercise. People pray that way sometimes. They're just like, Lord, I'm here. Okay. Hello, Lord Jesus. And woo. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. I'm talking about like exerting yourself in prayer, exerting yourself. I'm talking about engaging the Lord. I'm talking about talking to him, talking out loud to God. I'm talking like if you can only do it five minutes, do it five minutes and then add a minute in a week from now and add another minute a week later. Like make it your goal to get to an hour. That's choosing resistance. That's choosing resistance. Make a decision every day. I'm not going to try to escape. Whatever the pain is, I'm going to sit with it before the Lord. If I'm up half the night, I'm not going to be on Netflix half the night. I'm going to be with the Lord half the night. I'm going to sit with the Lord. I'm going to talk to him about it. Whatever that pain is, there's nothing so blessed than wrestling it out with God. There's a breakthrough in your resistance, and it's coming right now. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would release that breakthrough that would increase our ability to endure. And some of us have relegated our happiness and joy to the other side of the trial. But I pray that with endurance would come an ability to find joy in the midst of the trial. That it's okay. I'm just going to walk through this because I know that you're walking with me. I speak blessing and encouragement over each and every soul. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Everybody stand this morning.